0: is Express FM supported by Portsmouth College we are
1: passionately Pompey we begin to look forward work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with pure unadulterated Pompey it's a massive club it's a massive opportunity for me I know this atmosphere is special I can't
0: wait to see a uh, full house and it rocking action and reaction this is football club we're here to be hopefully successful the infrastructure is changing so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force giving Pompey Pompey fans are voice. It's a club with a rich
2: tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters.
0: This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's
1: historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base
3: that is amazingly passionate, is Poison. Just when you thought Pompey were heading for yet another defeat... They're in danger here as Acton comes to the area. Chance for Butcher, over the goalkeeper, into the net. The Pompey fan, Matt Butcher,
0: has scored against Portsmouth.
3: Marcus Harness came to the rescue with four
0: minutes to play. Marcus across the face right of goal! And Harness is there at the far post, and he's put it in the net. And Pompey are level. Accrington 2, Portsmouth 2.
3: The Blues do, however, remain winless in four in all competitions, with only one victory from the last 13. Head coach Danny Cowley will be on the show tonight. He's full of praise for his team following an improvement in character and fighting spirit at the weekend.
1: We've all questioned ourselves, we've all been rightly criticised in the past week, but I thought we showed the qualities that maybe we're being criticised for, that resilience, that determination and grit today, and we saw a lot of fight from the team.
3: We've got 60 minutes of passionate Pompey debate and discussion this evening. Freddie Webb and Louis O'Donnell will be joining me right the way up until 7 o'clock to help determine whether Saturday's result paved, foundations to be built upon, or just papered over the cracks. It is that time of the week again. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour.
0: This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM.
3: Welcome to yet another episode of the Football Hour here on Express FM, your home of local radio in Portsmouth, as well as coverage of every Pompey match day too. On Saturday afternoon, we covered all the action at the Wham Stadium as the Blues travelled way up north to take on Accrington Stanley for match day number 14 of this League One season. Danny Cowley's side came back from Lancashire with a point to show for their efforts in what was yet another roller coaster game between the two teams. Tonight, as every night here on the show, we're eager for you back home to get involved and have your say as well. Do you view Saturday as one point gained or two points dropped? where Pompey showing signs of improvement with potential to build upon in weeks to come? Or can you see the Blues continuing to struggle as we head closer and closer toward the latter stages of 2021? You have all the way up until 7pm to get your messages into us all the usual ways. 81400 is the number to text, starting those with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter, or head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. We begin the show tonight by stepping back in that rickety old time machine of ours, which will take us on a journey back to the Wham! Stadium. We're on Saturday afternoon, Pompey went toe-to-toe with John Coleman's Accrington Stanley for their next League One Challenge. 892 Hardy Blues fans made the long trip up to Lancashire with Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham providing full commentary here on Pompey Live.
0: Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Ch- 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He's gone! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. It feel felt too long ago that we were last here, but the circumstances of both sides feels pretty different as Pompey arrive at the crown ground. And what has been an embarrassing week where they conceded four goals twice, and really the problem is imploded twice in the second half against both Rotherham and Ipswich, two sides, yeah, you'd expect to be up there come the end of the season. But the manner of the performance, particularly once the second goal went in in both games, not acceptable. Danny Cowley, the players and all involved would certainly admit that. As we get ready to get this game underway, chips in into the middle and Marcus battling with the defender. Curtis blocks the shot. Great effort from the edge of the box is well saved. Closest either side have come, good save from Savin and Pompey still going, Romeo into the box, Hackett Fairchild Child across the face of goal, headed up in the air. And it's going to go behind for a Pompey corner kick. And those behind the goal to our right enjoying what they've seen. And he's set Harness away down the right. This is a nice break for Pompey. Early ball in the box. Great chance for Marquis. Wonderful save from Savin. And it'll be cleared away. And Pompey not too far away. Brown has it on the left-hand side. Comes in field. Curtis outside the area. Chance for Curtis. Strikes it. And it's into the back of the net. And of the taken a deserved lead after 18 minutes. And you can see what that means to Ronan Curtis. A good finish from the edge of the penalty area. Celebrations uh, away to our right from the 900 or so travelling fans. It's Accrington nil. Portsmouth with War falling towards the near post. Shot for Bishop. Oh, he's put it wide and the fans to our left were already starting to celebrate. And that's a huge let off for Pompey. Because Bishop has wasted a great chance to equal to the far post. Headed from Accrington. Helped on. And it's going to go to the net. And Accrington could have got their level up. Torter couldn't win the first or the second ball, and it looks like it's Harry Pell who's got the last touch. It's Accrington one, so Torter one. Savin takes a touch, and it's not a good one outside his penalty area, and he wants a free kick, and he's not going to get one. And he's off his line, and Curtis needs to shoot and put it in the empty net. On the goal line, it's in. No! Has Butcher played it off the post and got it out. Has that not gone in the net? I think Butcher was half expecting the flag to go up to set. It was over the line. And Accrington have dodged an almighty bullet there. And I'm not quite sure how Portsmouth are 2-1 up. Brown looks to try and send Harness in. And Harness is away. And the flag's down. And effort is saved. Curtis will pick up the second ball back to Harness in the box. But there's loads of red shirts back now. And the second shot is high and wide. And a great opportunity for Portsmouth. Go begging it's still 1-1. They're in danger here as Accrington comes to the area. Chance for Butcher over the goalkeeper into the net. Butcher has scored against Portsmouth and with 14 minutes remaining, the Portsmouth defence opened up, there's a huge gap, Butcher charged through it, it's a really, really calm finish and the man who somehow denied Curtis at the other end had turned this scoreline around, Accrington 2, Portsmouth 1. looking for Marquis in the penalty error, great chance for Marquis, no, good defending still for Marquis and then it's blocked. He get the second bite at the cherry and how did he waste it pompey corner marcus is going to turn and now jacobs to drive into the penalty area jacobs he's body checked marcus in the area marcus across the face of goal and harness is there at the far post and he's put it in the net and pompey a level and harness grabs the ball out the net and says let's go again five minutes remaining Accrington two portsmouth two and the referee looks at his watch and blows his whistle and portsmouth's losing run has come to an end. They've drawn 2-2 here at Accrington. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM. Pompey live. The highlights
3: there from Saturday afternoon as Pompey were held to a 2 all draw with Accrington-Stanley at the wham stadium let's take a look at some of the other results in league one from saturday afternoon then afc wimbledon they lost 2-0 at home to wigan athletic Uh, saturday's opponents bolton wanderers they drew 2-2 with gillingham burton albion finished their game with oxford united uh, with a 3-1 defeat doncaster beat cheltenham by three goals to two ipswich two fleetwood one Rotherham, they beat MK Dons by three goals to nil. Morecambe were held to a one-all draw with uh, league leaders Plymouth Argyle. Sheffield Wednesday, they drew one-all with Lincoln City. Shrewsbury Town thrashed Cambridge United 4-1 at New Meadow. Sunderland, they lost to Charlton Athletic, 1-0 at the Stadium of Light. And Wickham, they were two-one victors over Crewe, Alexandra and of course Pompey held to a two-all draw at Attrinton Stanley. OK, joining me on the Football Hour this evening, first and foremost, delighted to welcome in from back home, Freddie. Uh, Webb. Freddie? great to have you on the show tonight, mate.
2: Always a pleasure, Jake. Thanks for having me on.
3: And uh, joining me alongside here in the studio is Louis O'Donnell. Louis, likewise, pleasure to have you back on. Great to be back on, Jake. Thank you. Let's get straight into it then, Freddie. A two-all draw on Saturday with Accrington Stanley. I mentioned uh, this stat within the intro. That is now four games Pompey have gone winless and still remaining uh, with only one victory in the last 13. We'll talk about the performance in just a moment, but it's quite a grim stat to be breeding out.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the only thing not, not to feel overly negative about is to try and focus on, the performance, focus on the performances, which we will do later. But the results haven't been there. Um, the only encouraging thing at the moment is Danny Kelly's changing some of the formations, changing some of the players in and out. So there's, there are signs that, that Pompey can turn this around to a certain extent, but, yeah, the, the results have been bordering on unacceptable, haven't they? Mm.
3: Uh, Let's take a look at the League One table as things stand. The Blues, uh, they've climbed a place up to 16th, so uh, progression is being made uh, up from 17th Pompey Go. Top of the table, Plymouth Argyle and Wiccan Wanderers locked on 30 points. Wigan, Sunderland, Rotherham and Oxford make up the playoffs with MK Dons dropping out after their defeat at the weekend. And at the bottom, Fleetwood, Charlton, Doncaster Rovers move off the foot of the table and they are replaced by Crew Alexandra, who have only got one win all season. Out of 14 games played, Louis O'Donnell taking a look at the table. Pompey three points off the relegation places, eight off the top six.
4: Yeah, I can see uh, (laughs) the decline there from Portsmouth. But um, in my eyes, there is worse off teams than us at the moment. I know we're going through a bit of a bad time, but it's always going to be a transition season for us. Um, Yeah, we've still got some of Jacket's old players here, but Cowley's with the funds he's been given, he's done the best he can. But yeah, you can definitely see the cracks falling into the team now. Yeah. And it it was an improved
3: performance Mm -hmm. at the weekend. I think that is uh, fair to say, Freddie and we'll come on to the post-match interview with Danny Cowley in the next part of a show, but from what we saw at the Wham Stadium, there was a, an improved amount of character, fighting spirit within that Pompey team. The result didn't quite go our way, but were they laying foundations for, for future games to come?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, not only did the tactical change back to it about work, but those signs that fans saw earlier in the season of Pompey being... A very good team in the press, uh, the aggression, the, the, the passing through the middle on the floor. Those signs came back in this game, but they weren't there in the in the previous two games. And it it would have been very easy, considering the previous results, for the players to um, to fall over when, when Accrington went two one up, when arguably they didn't deserve it. But yeah, they showed they showed a strong mentality to bring it back to two all, and on the balance of the chances they had, they should have, they should have won the game, but. They didn't but uh, but there's enough signs to see some improvement there which is encouraging
3: yeah that was the 14th match day of the season Louis 32 games still to play over a quarter or kind of approaching the quarter stage of the campaign now Pompey still a long way to go but we are losing ground on the positions where we want to be going back to Saturday we mentioned there how that you know there was an improved character and a fight within the team is that as a pompey fan kind of all you want to see i know we want to see pompey start winning games again but it's a great first step to make after what we've seen in recent weeks anyway
4: yeah uh, yeah definitely agree with that i mean yeah as you say there's 14 games gone but there's still a lot of more games to come a lot more points up on there we can get and as you say league league one is uh gonna be a tough season a tough league but We've been here long enough and hopefully the fight and the grit from the football uh, players will be there uh, for the rest of the games and yeah we hopefully will get ourselves up that table Mm. you mentioned as well freddie about
3: how on saturday pompey were actually quite unfortunate with the chances but they had i know there was a about a 15 minute spell in the second half between the 55th and the 70th minute i believe it was one all at the time Pompey just completely battering that Accrington Stanley defence, and, and, and yet again, unfortunately, it comes down to not being clinical enough in front of goal.
2: Yeah, um, there were there were so many chances, um, which which is very unlucky for Pompey to be honest. That when Marcus Harris was one on one, there was um, I'm trying to remember who it was. There was a, there was a shot across the face of goal, goal, which the keeper parried right across. If it bounced one way, Marcus would have had a tap in. Mm. In terms of the XG stats, it was two point six eight for Pompey, which which means they got the two goals that they deserved out of that. But they could have done sli- they couldn't have done slightly better with some of the chances they had. And um, Cowley said it himself; they deserved to win the game because of that.
3: And uh, speaking of uh, a Pompey fan, Louis Matt Butcher. Who, of course, born in Portsmouth, now plays for Accrington Stanley. Not a former Pompey player; never involved in our in our academy, at least not from a from kind of the age of twelve, thirteen upwards. No, no record of that. But Matt Butcher, not only did he score what looked to be the winner for Accrington Stanley in that second half, but also uh, blocked a chance off the line. Um, Pompey, Ronan Curtis. The goalkeeper came out, missed it, went down, claiming for a foul. The referee didn't give it. Ronan Curtis, with some gr- a great bit of drive, didn't give up on that ball, turned, took the shot on goal, and Matt Butcher with a goal-line clearance. A fantastic goal-line clearance, you've got to say. And yeah. it was that kind of game for Pompey. It was improved. There were certain aspects where you, you could definitely improve going into, into Saturday's game with Bolton. But you can't help but feel a little bit unlucky that we didn't win the game.
4: Oh, It's just its just our luck as Pompey fans and as well as the team. The luck's just not going for us at the moment. We've got the chances we, and we try and do them as best as we can. And with Matt Butcher being, yeah, from Portsmouth, you thought he'd have a bit of Pompey blood in him. But him going for that ball and clearing it off the line myself, I thought wait, that was it. And then we would have gone and scored more. But, yeah, as you say, our luck's just not with us at the moment. Speaking of Ronan Curtis
3: as well, Threddy. Equalling a record at the weekend with his opening goal of the game, he equaled the record that has been set by Yakubu with the most Blues goals in the 21st century. Not bad for a winger. Not bad for a winger that doesn't take penalties as well.
2: Not bad at all, yeah. Um, over the years, Curtis has been a strong provider of goals, um, even, even though he can be streaky at times, but I still think he's been a great player for Pompey over the last few seasons. Great servant. Has that... Has that proper aggression going forward in the dribble and off the ball which i really like and adds so much to that from freeze so i'm very i'm very pleased for him to uh equal yakubu's record on saturday
3: yeah 43 goals that is now for roland curtis in a pompey shirt louis one more and he smashes that record that has been set by yakubu it's going to happen isn't it? Yeah, of course it I is. imagine Ronan Curtis will get another goal before the end of the season. Um but you know, what a what a player he has been for Pompey. When he's on his on his day, Ronan Curtis can be one of the, the greatest players on the pitch. And and that is something that in the current period with the current form that Pompey are on, it's the kind of player you need to get you through this period.
4: Yeah, definitely. He's one of those players he's got that hundred percent aggression in him. He's uh, playing for the shirt the fans also, you could see that when he scored his goal for us on Saturday. Um but no, yeah, he's definitely going to be up there um, with the goals. He's definitely going to smash Cooper's goal record. But yeah, hopefully what he's done on Saturday will spare him on for this Saturday against Bolton. Yeah. I'll go for a hat-trick from him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you can get involved from
3: back home as well this evening. You can text your message and your name, of course, uh, to 81400. Start those with the word express, of course. You can email pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm if you fancy it on Twitter. Or you can find us on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash Live. After the break, we'll also hear what the gaffer had to say. Danny Cowley spoke to the Pompey Media team following the full-time whistle on Saturday to weigh up both the pros and cons of his team's performance.
1: I'm still disappointed with the goals that we've conceded, but I thought in terms of the all-round performance, there was a lot of positives for sure. A lot of our work box-to-box. I mean, you know, 19 shots, lots and lots of clear-cut opportunities. I thought we gave them real problems, and uh, yeah, on another day, maybe we score four or five.
3: Make sure you stay tuned here to Express FM for more reaction to the weekend's 2 all draw with Accrington Stanley. I'll be returning with Thready and Louis very soon to keep this show on the road. Stick with us and don't you dare go anywhere.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM
3: where I'm this evening joined by Threddy Webb and Louis O'Donnell to uh, review the events of Pompey's 2-2 draw with Accrington Stanley at The weekend and uh, going back to Freddie for this uh, for this next one, Freddie. Talk about the performance again on Saturday. We've got no game to preview tonight, so it is literally all about the weekend uh, this evening on the show. We've spoken about the improved mentality, the improved fight and the desire within this team. You briefly mentioned in the first part of the show about the change back to four at the back for Pompey. Is that something you want to see continue going into the future games?
2: I think short term, yes. I did like the back three and it, and it offers a lot of positives. I think it brings out the best in Sean Racket. I think it stops him being dragged out wide, so he can focus on winning those challenges. And it also gets the best out of Arnold Romeo as well. But I think the problem is, I don't think Portsmouth have the depth to play the back three, especially at the wide centre-half area. So keeping things a bit simpler with the four at the back, with Racket and V in the centre, until Robertson comes back from injury, I think I think that just solidifies things much better, I think. Yeah.
3: Louis? Pompey in a winning position in the first half found themselves 2-1 behind and then nicking the draw with four minutes to play through Marcus Harness. In your
4: opinion, is that two points dropped or a point gained? Uh, For me, two points dropped because as yeah, the luck's just not there for us. We could have gone on and won that game. The amount of chances we had, the opportunities we could have put the ball in the back of the net, it just didn't fall the right way for us. But yeah, it is two points dropped for me in my opinion.
2: Uh, I do agree. Unfortunately, even though the performance was much improved, and there's so much, so, so many good things to take out of the game, Pompey should have won uh, statistically and on the pitch.
3: Yeah. Uh, an email here from Alan Swift, who says, A draw is worth being put on the board in the position we are in, but it will take more than that to move us up the table. It is not luck, it is more quality needed, especially in the defence. It is going to be a real grind to take us away from the bottom of this league. If we can get to January without too many losses, but a central defender and a striker would be more than welcome. Alan in Southsea. Yeah, just referring to one of the points made by uh, Alan there on the emails, Louis. Thank you to to Alan for getting in touch tonight about Pompey's woes in the defence. Now, it's quite clear to see, and it will be one of the most obvious answers, but I'm ever going to get here on a football hour. But Pompey have missed, really missed. Clark
4: Robertson. Totally agree with that. You could see from when he was in our back four that Pompey just looked so solid. Um, we were getting clean sheets, we were getting points on the ball, we are getting, more importantly, wins. But no, as soon as we saw Clark Robinson come off injured and hasn't been back since, which I don't know when he is due back, but we we definitely do miss him. Yeah. There's no
3: exact time frame as of yet. Of course, Danny Cowley providing an update last week uh, to the press, but hopefully it will be sooner rather than later. Still targeting probably end of November to, to December, maybe even Christmas time return. For Clark Robertson, hopefully, for uh, progress of his uh, recovery, will, will, will kind of quicken up a little bit more, for Thready. But it's also one of those one of those things you don't want to rush Clark back into the action, do you? Oh,
2: no, absolutely not. Uh, any you don't want to do that with any player, let alone um, somebody who's had an awful awful run of luck with injuries, uh, all sorts of injuries from when he was at Rockham. So yeah, you definitely don't you don't want to uh, rush him back, and you just have to rely on the players you have.
3: A yellow card on Saturday, Louis, for Sean Raggett. That takes him up to four for the season. Sean Raggett has five games to go until that stat resets, and he does not get a suspension with another yellow card. So five games to go without a yellow card. We spoke about how Ronan Curtis last month had 11 games to go without getting a yellow card. He, of course, did get that and was suspended for the match at Rotherham. But with how Pompey Light are in defence... With how light Pompey are defence, rather uh, Clark Robertson out, Conor back, yes, but Sean Raggett out of the equation,
4: which makes things ten times worse. Oh, I can't even imagine him not being in the back in our defence at the moment. I mean, Ronan curtis is a lot more hot-headed than Raggett, but with Raggett, he's when he can tackle, he can uh, at the right time. They are solid tackles and. Uh, he used to scare me a lot when he used to just run around with the ball and take on players <laughs> of it, but that's got a bit more confidence from me now. But, yeah, we we lose Raggett. <laughs> I think our luck could totally go then.
3: And it's not only you know
4: losing Raggett. It wouldn't only
3: be a loss in numbers for, for Pompey, would it, uh, Thready? Because as we spoke about on the Football Hour on Friday, previewing the, the game at Accrington, Sean Raggett has just been a completely improved player this season under Danny and Nicky Cowley. So not only would it be a huge loss in terms of numbers for the Blues, but it'd be a huge loss in terms of the actual player we've got at the back because he's certainly not a player you want to be missing.
2: Yeah, it'd be a massive loss on the pitch. I think Raggett's easily having his best season, uh, personally. Um, defensively, he's just been incredibly solid, um, dealing with both balls in the air and, uh, and tackles on the floor, but also being fairly composed when asked out of the back most of the time so yeah ma- massive loss in the defense if he gets uh, another booking
3: and i hate to break it to you, louis because I-, I i saw your face when i told you the news about sean raggett being on four yellow cards but he's not the only one <sighs> lee brown
4: oh god yeah uh yeah as you said the, the luck's <laughs> just not with us is it this season you can see it already maybe we have to get some academy players in <laughs> what academy Wow, yeah, there you mm. go, there's that as well. Freddie, nice. <laughs> <laughs> does, does, does this worrying news about the yellow cards that,
3: that keeps racking up for Pompey, does this indicate to you that there's uh, a bit of improvement needed in terms of discipline within this team?
2: I don't think so, because I don't think, um, from watching Pompey this season, I don't think they've been overly aggressive in the tackle. Yeah, Yellow cards going to happen. It's just one of those things. The only thing it highlights is, the lack of depth in the squad if uh, if Brown and racket can't be replaced well enough. So, yeah, I think overall, I think Pompey rode the line well between getting stuck in enough and not. that. yeah, the, the lack of squad depth does hurt you when people, too many people get out to that 5 year card, doesn't
4: it?
3: Yeah. On the subject of, of squad depth, Louis, what would you like to see come in in January? Because it's I think it's clear to see by all that uh, another... Probably not as huge overhaul as we saw in the summer, but maybe a mini overhaul is uh, is, is needed to get in January if we want to get over the line this season. Promotion might be out of the equation. Um, you can always have hope, of course. There's a long way to go, but just in terms of keeping Pompey stable, a little
4: bit more consistent. What positions would you like to see improving? Definitely uh, centre back, maybe one or two just to, for that cover. Uh, definitely up top. I mean, I'm not really. It's one of those to criticise Marquis because his he's, he's effort is 100% there, but it's just the finishing and getting the ball in the back of the net. But, I mean, yeah, definitely one or two players at the back, one or two players up top, maybe one or two in the midfield, just just for the cover. Yeah. Freddie, I know you do a lot of
3: uh, analysis and research into like opposition players and their performances and stuff. You mentioned uh, XB, XG earlier, sorry, X, uh, expected goals. Have you got your eye on anyone to, to add to your shopping list for January in particular? Is there anyone that you've kind of seen within the Football League you, you'd actually quite like to see in a pomper shirt come January?
2: Oof, putting me on the spot there, aren't you, Jack? Yes. <laughs> um, usually I look, at, <clears throat> usually I look at players later on around January, but it's incredibly hard because with, with, with January, not not many players end up being available like this summer. So it'll be, people will be very particular. They've had to pick one position above all that Danny Cowley needs another player and it, it, it's a right-footed centre-half yeah. Um, yeah. simply for the cover because you don't have it yet and also if we get a right-footed centre-half to play out the ball from the back very well, the back three could be an option later on, but yeah I'll let you know when I uh, find some people <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, A tweet in here from uh, Arpit Patel with a question uh, into the show tonight, I'm going to throw this one to Louis
4: Louis, why is George Hurst not starting? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe because he can't get the ball in the back of the net.
3: <laughs> Has I reword the question? Has George Hurst shown any signs to you that he should be starting? No, definitely not. What you've seen of George Hurst so far, it's, you know, no goals, no real threat up the top. And Freddie, in terms of Pompey's kind of striking options, I know Louis mentioned John Marquis earlier about how the effort is there on a game-to-game basis, but there's no real denying that. It is about putting the ball into the back of an net, and unfortunately, with with Pompey striking options, you've got a, a, a John Marquis who is low on confidence at the moment with the lack of goals he scored this season. You've got George Hurst who can't get into the team when he does get into the team, doesn't really show much sign of promise. Gasana had me fantastic pre-season, not quite reflecting that when it comes to actual domestic competitive football. And then Ellis Harrison, who, who, again, can't get a sniff in otherwise. So you know, that is also another big thing that Danny Cowley needs to look at, not only in January, but come next summer too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Having four strikers and only feeling like you can pick one of them is definitely a rut uh, that any manager doesn't want to be in. Um, I know Marcus hasn't had the return this season, but I have appreciated how well he links up with Parnas and Curtis in certain situations when they're close to each other. And I thought he had a reasonable game against Accrington. The, pro- the problem is I, I don't really like the options behind him. Ahadme uh, looks like he can be—he plays very well in and around the penalty area, but doesn't seem to have that intelligence outside of it. Kirst links the ball up quite well as a target man, but then again, so many other players could probably do a similar job. And ha- Harrison with the injuries and having that hat-trick in the UFL trophy and then starting in the league and not being up to snuff, it's, uh, it's very worrying, but and I think the only way that, could, that situation will be resolved as in the summer um simply because be- better quality stripers will be available at that time and it would be um, I'm not so sure whether Danny Cowley would want to recall the hearse and the happy loans and try and find somebody else but yeah it would be very it would be a very rough situation to sort out in January
3: safe to say as well Freddie a, a big miss for Pompey in the summer was losing out on Jane stockley who I know Charlton are down there and struggling this season, but he's he's still banging in the goals.
2: Yeah, it was a loss, definitely, but I don't blame Cowley for not signing Jadon Stockley at that time because, well, I think the reported wage figure at the time was around five and a half, six grand a week, and I don't blame Pompey for not paying that sort of money for him because I think that's slightly above what he's worth. But it's still a big mess when... Um, people look for strikers in the window and haven't found any other replacement. Yeah.
3: Okay, Freddie, Louis, Holtype type. We'll be back with you guys in just a few moments' time. But now we're going to hear the post-match reaction of Danny Cowley. He spoke to Ollie Marsh on the touchline at the Wham Stadium on Saturday.
4: Danny, a 2-2 draw in the end, but you had enough chances to win multiple games. How do you view that one?
1: Yeah, a good performance. I thought we played really, really well up to the final action. I think 19 shots on target away from home suggests that. Probably 7-8 clear-cut chances. And we just weren't able to take them. And as a consequence, then it makes it difficult with 1-0 up with good control in the game but you need to go and find the second goal and, and then maybe you can find the third and the fourth goal but um, we didn't and then conceded a soft goal you know they've scored two from only three shots on target so um both ends of the pitch we need to keep working but a lot of what happened in between was good we've all questioned ourselves we've all been rightly criticized in the past week but i thought we showed the qualities that maybe we're being criticized for that resilience that determination and grit today and we saw a lot of fight from the team and let's be honest it's a game that we should win and we probably would win 99 out of 100 times
4: and a key talking point for you in recent weeks has been your team's reaction to disappointment what do you make of their reaction today that the head certainly didn't drop
1: no they didn't they didn't and that was a real positive because it shows as a group that we have got it in us to fight back from disappointment because when you have so much dominance in a game and then you go two and down with a few minutes to go on the run that we've been on that's a time when you can easily go under but we didn't and we responded really well and you know the front players there's some really good good performances and they would have been hurting because they weren't able to get value for their good performances by taking the, the, the chances that they. They had but they kept going and they kept putting themselves out up there and that's what you have to do you have to keep fronting up and you have to keep going and going and going because you know the success doesn't always happen in the straight line
4: just talk us through the the tactical change that you started the game with as well which included two changes to your starting eleven.
1: Yeah, we freshened it up, we went back to the back four. I think it was always a preference to probably play the back four. We obviously haven't been able to for obvious reasons. We had three centre-halves out injured for a long part of the season. But Connor is back now. It was good the fact that you know, last Saturday he was back, but it was his first game back, and we knew he wouldn't be able to play the Tuesdays. So we contemplated going to a back four against Rotherham, but we knew we'd have to go to the back three and change it again at Ipswich, and sometimes too much change can be tough for the players. So we were able to do it today, and... And, yeah, I'm still disappointed with the goals that we've conceded. But I thought in terms of the all-round performance, there's a lot of positives for sure. A lot of our work box-to-box. I mean, you know, 19 shots, lots and lots and lots of clear-cut opportunities. I thought we gave them real problems. And, uh, yeah, on another day, maybe we, we score four or five.
4: And just finally, the late equaliser will certainly make the trip home for the 892 Pompey fans a little bit easier. Just a word on them today. they they travelled yeah. in their numbers.
1: Oh, amazing. Well, when you consider the run that we've been on, for them to get up very, very early, no doubt, and come and support us and support and stick with us the way that they did, says everything about them as people. felt really humbled after because it's not easy when your team's not doing well and it's not easy when you love your team and your team keeps letting you down. I think today you would have seen, and they would have seen a team that's fighting for each other and fighting for the, for the club. And certainly that, you know, they recognised that in the way that they supported us throughout and certainly the way they um, applauded the players when they come off.
3: The post-match thoughts there of uh, Danny Cowley at the weekend. Freddie, always a, a, an honest and an open interview there with, with Danny Cowley. Would you say that he's a man who's desperate more than anyone to see his side get results? Are you still behind the regime? Oh,
2: of course yeah um there's I don't think there's any other way to think of it really um It's quite obvious that Danny Cowley cares passionately about this football club. I don't think he'd be here if it wasn't the case and the re- and the poor results, but more importantly the poor performances has hurt him badly by the sound of it so I put my faith in him that he will give a hundred and ten percent to try and manage his side, and that's all you can really ask for a manager in the player. So you've got to back the tactical se- the tactical selections that he's using, and he is changing. He's not sticking to the same formula when it, when it when it isn't working. You've just got to hope that those changes and some better individual performances uh, will finally give Pompey the results in a few weeks.
3: Yeah, uh, and Louis not really being negative, or I don't think I'm being negative anyway, more just realistic. In terms of promotion, might be gone. Plenty of time still to go. We mentioned that earlier in the show. Still time to make up lost ground at the moment, but this is what many are expecting to be a transition season. It may not come. It's great news to many Pompey fans who just want to get out of this division. Totally respect that. I'm, I'm certainly of the same opinion. Don't particularly want to be going back to the same grounds every season and want to be back up there fighting where we arguably belong in terms of Danny and Nicky Cowley same sort of question to you mate behind what, what they are trying to achieve are you still enjoying what they are trying to implement at this football club despite the results not quite going our way or, or can you see maybe not not too long in the future them coming on and under a bit more pressure and maybe even losing their tenure
4: uh, I don't think uh, in my opinion and Many will disagree. The whole season I've been saying it's going to be a transition season. I mean, don't get me wrong, the first, what, four or five games when we looked solid at the back, we were winning all these games. Everyone was like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be our season and everything. And in the back of my head, I was still thinking it's going to be a transition season. We are still going to have to give Danny Cowley at least another two transfer windows and hopefully a bit more budget behind him and get, get the players that we need in and should have. And, yeah, it probably will be expensive, but if the Isleens are going to be there for us, then they're going to have to back the pitch as well as what they're doing off the pitch. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and um, the thing is as well, Freddie,
3: again, I, 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 I like the Cowleys. I'm really behind what they're trying to achieve with this football club. like their approach to games from what we've seen, as Louis mentioned there, the start of the season, the glimpses of the of the side they want this this team to be. It does look quite special. And the goals that we do score they do look aesthetically pleasing There's certainly potential within this team within this management team as well in terms of some calling for for them for them to go already fair enough everyone's entitled to their opinion totally get that but where would that leave pompey because then you've just got to start over again you've got to get a new manager in you've got to give them time you've got to start all over again in january next summer and you just find yourself back to square one you you've got to give these people time to build what they want to what they want to build because let's let's be honest you look back at that starting 11 on Saturday and half of the team were still Kenny jacket players
2: yeah i don't think there's um any there's any way that the Cowboys will get the sack already um it's way 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 too early for that, and I know I don't know some people would be quite frustrated with that, considering some of the poor, the poor performances. Um, some of them have been embarrassing and unacceptable, absolutely. But it's way too early to um, basically cut the cord of this regime already and start again mid-season. I think that that could only do disastrous long-term damage. And well, the board have set a precedent. They gave K Jacket nearly four seasons, so. Cowley would be expecting at least half that, hmm. I think, at least two seasons to try and build the vision of, of, of his sports of football club and how they play on the pitch. And, yeah, we've seen glimpses. Those glimpses have been there. They've been exciting. But, the, but some of the performances have been unacceptable, which is very frustrating. Promotion might be gone, even though it's a bit early. But, yeah, it's. It, 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 I think... Even though the aim for ports of every season is promotion and there's no other way around it. This is always going to be a harder season than most, considering the uh, the regime change at the beginning. Yeah.
3: OK, do continue getting new messages in from back home, Pompey fans. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com. Freddie and Louis will be back in just a few moments' time with myself, of course, to continue with the discussion on tonight's show. We've got a full reaction to Saturday's 2-2 draw with Accrington Stanley, right here on Express FM. Keep listening to the Football Hour.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7
3: Express FM. Welcome back to the third and final part of tonight's show. You're listening to the Football Hour here on Express FM. I'm tonight joined by Threddy Webb, who joins us over the powers of the internet, and uh, Louis O'Donnell, who sits across from me here in studio number one here at Express HQ. A little bit of change to the studios this evening. Louis, come back to you for this next part of the show. When we were speaking before the break about, you know, got to give Danny and Nikki Cowley time to integrate the kind of team, the formation, the tactics, everything they want within this Pompey side, their vision. But there's no beating around the bush. We need backing in January. We need to give Danny and Nikki Cowley the funds to improve on this team. Don't get me wrong. We've seen reports for in the summer that the funds had increased from last season with, with Kenny Jackett. They but, but gave Danny Cowley the full backing in the summer. But look, the signs are there. We need more.
4: Yeah, we, we really do need more. And if we don't get the funds, then we're not going up. Simple as that. We have not got the striking power and we've not got the backup for when we've got injured players or suspensions. So yeah, we definitely need to be backed in this more so, I'd hopefully say, a little bit more in the January window, which is not going to be possible, which I know probably, but definitely the summer, is, it's got to be there. In terms of the way
3: Pompey have been backed in recent seasons, Freddie, of course, uh, Michael Eisner for Tenante Company in 2017 when they put their bid forward to the fans at Guildhall, to the trust members, you know, selling themselves to this football club and the city as well. They said from day dot, it's not going to be spending big, spending silly in League One. When we get to the Championship, it you know it will improve to try and keep us competitive in that division. But for the entire time we're in the third tier, it's going to be sensible, sustainable, and about you know keeping the club afloat, getting Fratton Park to a safe and a fit standard to to bring fans back. It does become a point in your opinion, Freddie, where you just need to maybe breach that promise? And maybe just loosen the purse strings a little bit more. You don't want to be a Sunderland, spend four million pound on Will Grigg and have that bite you in, back, in the backside. But just that little bit more to get us that little bit more quality that we we evidently do need.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think there needs to be a tiny bit more. But like you said, Jake, without going overboard. I mentioned the Jaden Stockley signing earlier. I wouldn't have, if I was a chairman, I wouldn't have probably given him a lot of year contract on six grand a week, not in League One at all, but. It is quite obvious that the longer Pompey stay in this division, and if um, new owners are coming to other sides and are, uh, and are a bit more, let's just say, aggressive in the transfer window where, with their spending, then naturally Pompey will need to put in a tiny bit more money to just be, be competitive. And it's quite obvious that you look at the starting eleven, you think it's mostly okay, but then the depth behind them isn't there which is frustrating. Yes, they're between regimes and there are some pre-COVID contracts still in there that when they expire, that will definitely free up some money for new players. But there comes a point where the elders might have to be a little less frugal in the transfer window. But then again, some of the work they're doing at Bram Park is costing a lot of money. But there are certain areas of this club where there hasn't been enough investments, I would like, I think. A tiny bit more needs to be put into the playing squad and a lot more needs to be put into the uh, academy, which uh, everybody has mentioned, and on the 23 side as well. Yeah, definitely.
3: Uh, don't forget, you can keep getting involved with the show tonight. Just under 10 minutes to continue doing that. At ExpressFm on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. If you're not into social media, you can text for word express, followed by your name and message to 81400, or email into pompey at expressfm.com. Got a few more coming in to us now, which we really do appreciate. John in Hilsey has got involved on the text. He says, hi guys, what worries me is how is it going to get better than Saturday? Curtis and Harness scored. Marquis is the only other scorer in the side who is out of form. Backup strikers cannot find the back of the net and the defence is missing our two best players from last season, Naylor and Watmore, who are showing their worth at Wigan, who they only led in nine goals so far this season. Transfer activity has been poor recently, the opinion of John in Hilsey. Thank you for getting in touch, John. Mockers on Twitter, who says, what a great goal-scoring record Rodan Curtis has for Pompey. All credit to uh, Marie Curtis for feeding him plenty of lemon drizzle cake and taking him to bingo. A terrific signing by Kenny Jacket and he didn't cost uh, much either, says uh, Mockers on Twitter. And I've got to say, Louis, lemon drizzle cake and, and, and bingo. It's a... Perfect uh, pre match ritual. I know plenty of that. You know, I go, used to go bingo every Friday night with my grandparents, and it's a great way to get you into the mindset.
4: <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It can is. get very competitive. <laughs> it certainly does. That's probably where uh, Ronan gets his competitive enough on, on the pitch. But if that's the case he, and he's got that goal scoring record, then Marie should come to all pre match games, take all the players out for her bingo and lemon drizzle cake. <laughs> oh, we expect our invites in the post. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Marie. <laughs> Uh, Gav Jones
3: on Twitter as well. Uh, good evening, gents. Talking about transfers and players. <sighs> Gav. He hasn't said it, has he? He has said it. You know exactly what <laughs> he said. I know what little. he is. You just, know, that, is it? you just know the Ben Thompson rumour <laughs> will soon be circulating again as he can't make the Millwall side and has only played one minute of football uh, in the league this season. He will also be available for three at the end of the campaign. Coming in, Danny Cowley. Let's get on it. Gav. <laughs> I usually love your tweets, mate. And to be honest, I love that one. Because, look, you're right, (laughs) Ben Thompson, he's out of contract in the summer, Freddie. He's not getting into that Millwall side. And Gary Rowett, if you're following the the Millwall side of things, which I don't, but it does get tweeted onto my timeline every single day, I don't think he's too keen on keeping Ben Thompson at the den.
2: (laughs) Well, I think the first thing that I'm thinking about now with the Ben Thompson stuff in mind is how would he fit into this side do you think <laughs> Morrell and Thompson would fit together in the centre of the field they're quite similar to each other um
0: it might signing. be the
2: case where it might be the case where the quality of the player overrides the scheme fit and you have to try and put them both into the same side but it's definitely something to think about anyway
3: Look, I don't want to start that rumour mill Louis but if it's going to happen it's going to happen this season
4: Oh yeah, why not? Uh, why not tempt Gary out in we'll January? Yeah, why, why, not? why not? Why not tempt him in January? Why wait? Why, why wait till the summer? Get the ball in motion. There we go. If you're
3: listening, Andy Cullen. If you're listening, Eric Eisner, we want Ben Thompson and we want it now. <laughs> yes, now. <laughs> Dave Byrne on the emails. Uh, Expectations among Pompey fans can be unreasonably high at times, but anything other than a victory at places such as Accrington will always be points lost. Regardless of form, no Pompey team should be dropping points at these places as often as we have in recent seasons. And there are many other similar fixtures in League One as well. We have to maintain a strong ambition to get this club back up the leagues at the very least to the Championship. So we must be careful not to start settling for a narrow defeat or even a draw at the Atkinson Stanleys of the world. Dave Lis. And Freddie, got to be honest, it's another email that I, I do agree with because... In recent seasons, we, we do sit here on the Football Hour, we, we talk after Pompey Live about you know, dropping points at places such as Accrington, Stanley, give them the credit that they definitely deserve. Look, a great team under John Coleman, currently in the top half of the table. There's no taking that away from them. However, from a Pompey perspective, in recent seasons, have we been a little bit too soft on sides like this? There's become a point where you've got to say, look, there's no, there's no way around it. We've got to be beating these teams. You got to put your foot down we are a, a big side in this division no game's easy in the league we we'll certainly take that and we will respect every opponent but it's got to come a time where you think no this just isn't good enough
2: it is definitely frustrating especially since we said earlier the aim purports of is promotion every single season in the league one regardless of roughly where the team is that should always be the aim anyway going to going to the wham stadium is and not picking up all three points is frustrating um Purely from a like an off the field prestige point of view, but on the pitch, teams like Accrington and Burton have uh, have got far more than the, the, than their stereotypical value. They they're, they're much better sides than we sometimes give them credit for. I'm i personally I wouldn't focus on who Portsmouth get points against. I, I'd focus on the individual performances themselves, regardless of uh, what team you're playing against and whether whether the game's home and away as well. I think. The main frustrating thing for me is that the points have been dropped and the performances have been nowhere near good enough, regardless of who the opposition is. Yeah,
3: I think that's fair enough, Louis. I can see you nodding your head furiously at that. certainly agree with
4: what Freddie's saying there. Yeah, definitely. I I do agree with that. Uh, But, yeah, definitely we need to win. Simply just win. (laughs) Be
3: nice. It would be nice. It really would be nice. Uh, taking a look at some of the other League One fixtures that are taking place in the coming days and weeks. Then tomorrow night, Doncaster Rovers, they take on Cambridge United. Big game at the wrong end of the table. Wigan Athletic, they host Lincoln City. And uh, throwing it forward to the weekend, of course, Pompey. They're at home to Bolton Wanderers. Limited tickets available for Backlash at Fratton Park. Blues fans coming out in their numbers as always. Cambridge, they take on AFC Wimbledon, Charlton, they're at home to Doncaster Rovers, another big game in the relegation zone. Cheltenham, who are Pompey's opponents uh, a week tomorrow, they're at home to Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. Crew Alexandra, they take on MK Dons, Fleetwood are at home to Wickham. Gilligan, they take on Accrington Stanley at Priestfield, Lincoln City, they are at home to Shrewsbury Town. Morecambe go to Oxford. It's which they take on Plymouth-Argall away from home. Sunderland go to Rotherham. And Wigan Athletic play host to Burton Albion. Freddie, it's another big, big week of League One action.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, some very competitive games in there. Definitely something to keep an eye on. And, yeah, the, world, the biggest game will be at Fratton Park, will not it, against a strong Bolton side that play very attractive football. And there's, and there's definitely a lot of... Um, strong characters in that side so it's good it's gonna be a tough one yeah
3: going into Saturday's game Louis of course we're gonna have a bigger preview uh, here on the Footblower on Friday night so we're not gonna go into it too much but in terms of way Pompey line up the formation back to a back four is that a something you, you definitely want Danny Cowley to continue with and in terms of the personnel on the pitch
4: unchanged for you or do you think there need to be tweaks Um, Well, I'll I'll keep it the same same line-up from Saturday. I mean, you could see the potential there, the the, the passion, wanting to score goals, wanting to win the game was definitely there, so I don't see why we can't just go unchanged again for Saturday. Mm. Miguel Aziz, Freddie, has has been a
3: name that a a few fans on social media want to see involved a little bit more with Pompey's, I say goal-scoring woes, we netted two on Saturday, but in terms of... Yeah, we, we do still have goal scoring waves, there's no doubt about that. Miguel Aziz, is he someone you want to see back in the line up soon?
2: I'd want to see him <clears throat> given more of an opportunity than he has been, but I think I'll probably keep the front four the same from the Ekansen Stanley game because, yeah. well, Harness and Curtis linked up very well and contributed on the score sheet. Marquis suits the style of play up front, and Rico Hackett has played very well since he's going to come back in he's improving all the time and the more minutes he gets it shows that he's definitely a part of his squad now he he was forgotten about on loan at South End last season and he's now a re- a reasonable option to have so I would like Aziz to potentially be subbed on either in the 10 or next to morell or Williams further behind because he can play both sides of the field but yeah I would like him to uh, get some uh, get a substitute appearance in definitely when warranted
3: Freddie, thank you very much. Well, I'm afraid that is all we've got time for tonight here on the Football Hour. Henry is back on Wednesday with your next football fix with Over the White Line. I'm back on Friday, of course, to preview the visit of Bolton Wanderers to Fratton Park. And that is a game you can catch right here on Express FM this Saturday from two o'clock.
0: Everything we do is passionately pumping. Forthwood have found a way yet again. This is it! Pompey Live. Pompey ended their winless run
4: with a two all draw at Accrington on Saturday. Up next, Pompey play host to Bolton Wanderers at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 3. It's Pompey versus Bolton Wanderers, and all of the action will be right here on Pompey
0: Live. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars and
3: Tom Atkins is getting a clip around the ear join us from two o'clock on Saturday Pompey taking on Bolton Wanderers at Fratton Park three o'clock is of course kick off you know this by now you don't need me to tell you that I'm afraid that is just about all we've got time for tonight a big thank you to Freddie Webb for calling in this evening Freddie great to have you back on mate
2: always a pleasure Joe. Thanks so much for having me on
3: and also cheers to Louis O'Donnell for joining me in the studio for this one Thank you very much and a big thanks as well to every single one of you for tuning in and getting in touch from back home, looking forward to doing it all over again on friday i 'll be joined by Sam Carter and another blues fan who at this time yet to be confirmed preview the visit of Bolton Wanderers to Fratton Park coming up here on express tonight though Jeff and Ada back with the soft rock show straight after the news at seven. Kevin Stokes will be here with that eighty show between nine and eleven before nothing but non stop relaxing songs through till two a m with the express wind down. Henry Deacon will be returning with Over the White Line from 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Headers will be discussing all things non-league and women's football with guest interviews and match previews as well. You can take a look at the full schedule of shows coming up uh, this week by visiting our website, expressfm.com. The show will be back to listen back to on our website, expressfm.com, forward slash podcast, very, very soon. Until Friday, have a great week, Pompey fans. Stay safe and good night. Later, Pompey.